Welcome to the first official Squad Car podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Michaelis, and today uh, my two co-hosts are Colin and Alex. And first, uh, I'm introduce you to Colin. Hey, how's Colin it going? And we have Alex Greenberg with us as well today. Hello. Today we want to begin our first official podcast. We're excited. We think this could be really fun. Um, first, a little bit of background. Um, we are very interested in soccer. Um, it's an American podcast, but um, we're very interested in like the European, um, European side of soccer, especially the Premier League. As we kind of learned about it, it's been fun to see and follow the teams as we go. And so we wanted to create a podcast, Americanized version of the, what we've kind of seen, what our insights are from watching soccer across the pond, as you could say. Um, so... <laughs> Um, first, we want to kind of ask, like, like, ask Colin how. Uh, okay. Ask how you guys got back to soccer. How you learned about it, even though we may not directly live there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, all three of us are are high school buds and uh, grew up really close to each other. Um, so I think I think we all kind of got into soccer from you know playing FIFA you know on you know the Xbox or PS4 or something like that. Um, soccer is is a very big sport in America, but it's not as big as you know the footballs or the basketball uh, sports that you see in high school and stuff. Um, but we really just took a liking to FIFA, where you know we just hang out just be guys and play FIFA, you know, on Friday nights or Saturday nights, something like that. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's really where I got into it. Uh, and, you know, found my love for, for the sport and, and for Arsenal of all teams, uh, you know, disappointingly sometimes, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's funny cause I actually used to watch, he's big now, but I, I used to watch a YouTuber named, KSI and oh yeah he is an avid Arsenal fan you know and that's who I grew up watching um and he's an Arsenal fan so I you know I thought you know why not support the the club of you know one of your favorite YouTubers and you know a club with you know a rich history not necessarily in the present but history you know they say is in the past but we're looking towards the future and uh, that's all you can do right now. Um, but for this podcast, I think we really want to really spearhead the aspect of the Premier League and, and you know, other teams, as the other guys will get into, and um, transfers, Premier League, you know, world football, all kinds of things we'll get into and, and talk about. But for this first episode, I think we'll primarily, you know, talk about last season albeit a a very interrupted and and very mm-hmm. strange season with the pandemic and uh, how no fans in the stadiums affected every team and you know how how the pandemic really affected this season and and which teams were able to overperform or underperform um so Alex if you want to go ahead and do your piece yeah, so <clears throat> you're talking about the fans and stadiums. Uh, that definitely affected my team. Uh, my favorite team is Liverpool. 
got into them, uh, and this will address like a United States versus soccer kind of issue. Uh, personally, I don't like the the pass around, pass back, low pace kind of football uh, or soccer. Uh, it's just really boring to me, and that's how Americans view it, and that's the problem. That's why we can't really get into it. Uh, and that's what really drew me to Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp's style of play, just that attack at every moment, high pressing, high work ethic, I think is beautiful. Uh, and that's what initially got me there. And uh, every game since, every single game, I've just become more and more of a fan. So I also went there about, what, four years ago. Got to tour the stadium, really get to understand the culture of Liverpool. And it's something that really agrees with my perspective of the world. So just everything from the club to the city just really really works well with me. And that's why I'm a big Liverpool fan. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely one of the more, uh, you know, it's funny they have a saying. They say, we're not English, we're Scouse. There you go. So a lot of Liverpool fans don't even support the national team because of that, from what I've heard. And yeah, it's just a whole different subculture of England. Yeah, so Ryan, why don't you uh, give your piece on on, uh, your favorite team, which is a bit controversial. The, the, The Blues. The Chelsea <laughs> oil money. Uh, the, we like to claim our oil money with pride. Yep. It's not even oil money. I mean, you're owned by a, a Russian billionaire. Yeah, that's that is true. I mean, I it's more like Chelsea. blood money. <laughs> um, I think it. I don't know. I enjoyed Chelsea from watch playing FIFA as well, and like Drogba back in the day, Didier Drogba. Class. I think. I think I think there's uh, I think there's also a new generation. I think also um, if you're truly American, you'd support Christian Pulisic as he's uh, on the Chelsea nowadays, and yep. he's killing it, doing awesome. Captain I think somewhat, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I, I think I find it interesting, like that here in America, like our best athletes aren't soccer, but like, and throughout the world, you can kind of see that each nation's best athletes are really part of the soccer football community as they say and so it's really interesting how there could be kind of through that but <clears throat> I, th- I kind of want to focus most Premier yeah. League and like yeah. kind of like our first thoughts how the season we're kind of in the offseason transfer window season but we can kind of recap a little bit so um, first thing I want to hear your, your guys' first thoughts of like the season like what's your takeaways maybe as a fan or like just looking at the overall view of it all kind of, well um, going into it I, I really did not think we were going to have a season um with with the pandemic and everything you know and they, they found a way around it by not including fans and you know doing routine tests for covid um but that being said i mean that takes a huge aspect away from Lots of teams, or every team, not having fans in the stadium, but it really, you know, exposes, you know, who's a true, really good team, uh, who displays their quality on on any given day, you know, fans or not fans. It shows, like, the strength behind certain teams or, you know, some of the the weaker teams, um, like Arsenal. Uh, But 
you know, the whole season is, is one that we won't see for a very long time, hopefully. Um, and I think that we'll get back to the norm this season, this upcoming season. Um, but that being said, you know, lots of teams underperformed, lots of teams, I guess, quote unquote, overperformed given their, their status. But beginning, beginning the season, you know, from an Arsenal perspective, it, it didn't look great. We, we sat 15th going into November and you know, I saw some uh, even some relegation clauses in the contracts. It was that bad. It it's uh, it, it was a dark spot, and you know, <laughs> Mikel Arteta had only been in charge for nine months at the time, and had just began his full first full season. And to be fair to him, he gave uh, he gave us another FA Cup at the end of the previous season, and he got us into the. Uh, community shield which we won again which yeah some, let's not talk about some, that <laughs> some people don't even consider a trophy but i think it's an historic piece of silverware that you know it may not be a major trophy but it matters um but after that you know the, the honeymoon phase kind of faded off and we were sitting in 15th almost in relegation zone basically relegation zone for a club of you know our size and we we didn't have any answers i mean Mikel arteta had to pull something out of the bag with an a very inexperienced and underperforming squad and i i think he you know we finished eighth at the end of the year and i think we if if you told Mikel arteta you know when we were sitting 15th we were going to finish eighth that year i think he would have taken your money and run um given the fact that we were playing so poorly and losing to, you know, just about anybody that stepped on the field. Um, we, we made signings in, in January, which addressed that when Martin Odegaard, who will not be rejoining us as I'm, as I'm told. Uh, oh. Yes, he is uh, reportedly staying in, in Madrid this season, along with Danny Ceballos, who I loved initially and and now i'm happy to see the back of him um but you know i from my perspective i think we just throw that season out the window i mean it's our first non-european season in in 25 years which you know if you think about it back 25 years ago that was when ian wright uh you know tony adams all of them were you know kicking about for arsenal and even even those players of of that quality, you know, you don't expect them to not make European football. So that I think, as an Arsenal fan, that just kind of shows you, you know, it can happen to anybody. You know, it, it happened to Chelsea uh, not too long back when they finished tenth under Jose Mourinho. Um, you know, it, it it's all about the response, and this is the uh, make it or break it season for Mikel Arteta, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, as far as a Premier League recap, I, th- I think just as Colin said, you, you really see who the, the ice cold um, best teams are. And we saw that with Man City. I mean, when you have their money and you use it wisely, 
I mean, they've just got the best depth chart in the in the world. So of 100%. course, uh, they walk the league. I mean, you take out you take out Aguero, you put in an amazing striker, Brazil um, Brazil striker, Gabi Jesus. Uh, Gabi Jesus, yeah. I mean, it's just it's amazing to me. Just all over the field, any any uh, second stringer would start at any other club. Um, oh, I, I think their B team could be Arsenal's A team on any given day. I mean, you have <laughs> I mean, you have Riyad Mahrez who who featured for them doesn't even very, play that much very frequently. But you know, you would probably start Raheem Sterling over him or or Phil Foden. I mean, yeah. either of those two guys would easily be our best player. Yeah, and I mean, it's just it, I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and say it's unfair, but I mean. Definitely have an advantage when you have that kind of quality throughout the team, and that's something that, um, as I get into Liverpool here, as most of y'all are aware, uh, we did not have the title defense we wanted, and two season-ending injur- injuries to our most important player Van Dyke and uh, a great young center back and Joe Gomez really affected our team and just completely disrupted the whole flow of our game. And uh, I won't go too much into the, the tactical part of it, but, I mean, when you lose those two players, you got Van Dyke. Uh, I'm not sure if y'all know how Liverpool's offense works, but how it usually every single play starts, any single highlight, it's a lot of counterattack. And who's going to win the ball back? It's usually Van Dyke. So what Van Dyke is really good at, he'd have a 20 rating on FM in long passing. Uh, he just <laughs> plays those balls right into the feet of Mane and Salah and just start every great highlight of ours. And when you take that out, we're just not the same team. We had Fabinho covering out there, which brought away the, the defensive um, stoutness of our midfield. We got Henderson gone for a long time. Joe Matip, you know, with his legs made of noodles, he can't stay fit for six weeks. Really dampened our season. Really made it, uh, at times, just laughable and just depressive for me to watch our, our style of play. Uh, that's what really hindered our season. Of course, <laughs> it all came back with that wonderful goal by Allison against West Brom. Of all people, uh, right? So, yeah, they, so, of all people to win a 90, uh, to, to get a 95th minute game winning goal, I would never have bet it would have been Allison Becker. And uh, that's what really brought the season together for me and why I can look at it with a smile. Even though we finished fourth, you know, we still got Champions League football. I mean, look at third. Allison. Third, you finished third. You're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. We finished third. We finished above Chelsea. Who we were? You say that's your favorite moment of the season. Was that Allison? Absolutely, and it's not even the goal. It's not even the golasso header by Allison into the side netting. It's not even that. It's all the stuff that he went through. I mean, he had a couple howlers against Leicester City, against uh, Man City, even. But he lost his dad about two weeks earlier, going through a rough time. Had to miss a few games. And just that moment for him was just absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. Um, and I'm just so happy he could end his season on a positive 
It gave the whole squad the momentum to go out and just take points left and right like we were who we were before the Van Dyke injury. Um, so, yeah, I think the season is success given the circumstances, and I'm really excited to see what we have in store for next year. And I, well, I, think, I think people think we, oh. take for granted, you know, what the financial aspect is of qualifying for Champions League versus Europa League. Absolutely. And, you know, any Champions League regular who is is geared for success may not be, for future success, may not see this um, as a huge loss. But the financial aspect of qualifying for Europa League versus Champions League is just mammoth. It, it, it's it's Absolutely. so big, you know, in, in the aspect of signing players and, and you know, uh recruiting and everything like that you know your budget just is exponentially larger when you qualify for champions league which is what you've seen in arsenal for for almost five years now where you know their budget is smaller every single year they they don't have any money you know everything's going into into the toilet everything is is just everything costs more money and it's just uh it's tough getting out of that hole but um I think with this new season, you know, getting back to the norm, I think we'll be able to see, you know, the quality um, teams prevail. And hopefully we see that with, you know, all three of our teams and, you know, maybe not Man City. Yeah. For once. I sure hope so. One of the things I also, sure like, hope so. it ties back is, like, I think one of the things you guys kind of overlooked was, like, the Super League. We had that le- that week. Where it was just like, we thought those top six teams were just going to form their own league. Um, so. Well, top yeah. five teams, and and then Spurs were also there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in April, I mean, they they announced the the ESL as they call it, the European Soccer League, uh, Super League. Sorry. Um, yeah. And so you know that it it was a flawed concept to start with, you know. The initial yeah, members, you know, the, the the six teams from from England, and then the few teams from France, Germany, Italy, Spain. They they had a league where they would never get relegated, which means there's no. I mean, there's competition at the top, but you know, if you're a mid table or or bottom table team in that aspect, why even try? Exactly, you're going to get money regardless, and so I think you know the outcry from around the world was, was unanimous in the fact that. Nobody wanted this. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Think, we didn't uh, ask for it. <laughs> I, I think the only people that wanted it were the the owners and and the chairman and you know the people who actually saw the money coming in. Uh, no doubt in my mind, it was a a financial you know advantage. But yeah, then you got organizations like UEFA, FIFA, uh, the who Premier aren't League. any better. For the record, you know they're that's, they're not any less corrupt. Yes, that's <laughs> fair. But you saw all these organizations coming in and threatening exclusion from the World Cup, uh, exclusion from Champions Leagues, which I don't think they'd even participate in if they even were in the ESL. Yeah. Um, you know, Premier League threatened relegation to these these top teams uh, if they were to join these teams, which um, would destroy the fan base in itself um, for these teams. So. You, you very quickly saw that idea and that um, it wasn't even an idea. It almost happened. 
I mean, yeah, it did you, happen. You, you very, <laughs> you very quickly saw this this plan just fall apart and and put uh, UEFA, FIFA, everything put in play uh, acts to you know stop something like this from happening in the future and threaten them really to you know never do this again. <laughs> yeah, you see the big issue with that uh, and the reason why. So I would equate it to something like when a uh, something like uh, Yuri Tielmans, for example, he's got the press talking about how he wants to move somewhere, but in actuality, he just wants a better contract. That's what they're saying happened with this ESL is that they just wanted more money from UEFA. So they sure. said, "Watch this. We're going to leave. See what happens to the Champions League." Uh, I'm not sure if they've even, you know, UEFA was pretty angry. And FIFA as a whole, so they probably won't even um, budge on giving them more money. But I, I think that's all it was. It was a financial ploy. And uh, sadly, it was spearheaded by a lot of American owners. And so you see this, not racism, but you see some of this in Britain, what I've seen on Reddit and Twitter, uh, just really hating on American owners. And probably rightfully so just out there looking for the the big buck yeah you've got it, your, it's just sad you, yeah you've got your 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 fsgs your stan Kroenke's, yeah. um florentino perez is not american but he he's the one that spearheaded the whole project you and, got the glazers at man U yeah, too i mean you've got all these groups that are looking at these as investments instead of clubs and i i know we're beating on a dead horse here talking about something that happened four, three, four months ago. But um, mm-hmm. I think this is just part of our season recap and the fact that, you know, all these big clubs were one step away from from leaving everything that we know and watch every day, every week, and, and joining this exclusive club that, you know, nobody else could get into um, and almost ruining football for, for billions of uh people around the world yeah i think like kind of like as we were able to recap like this is kind of one of the most interesting seasons i've ever no taken part of like this will never happen like even know if we'll play or anything and like it's kind of cool to look back and like oh it felt like there's so much going on but like it's kind of cool to look back and like kind of gauge what we've kind of learned from that and like kind of going forward but i kind of want to look to today and kind of like what's kind of just discuss different transfers and different things because things are deals are happening people are moving every which way yeah also that was interesting i think i saw today who's uh saul is Saul going to liverpool alex is that what's going on you know <clears throat> that's a good question ryan uh i don't think so uh, uh so there's some reports by the mirror which is we're going from a scale of best to worst uh best being zero and the worst being five they're probably a tier four source uh but they have reported that liverpool have offered 47 million which we don't have uh plus either one of henderson or shakiri for saul and i'm sure you're very uh, upset about that absolutely I, I was livid uh i don't believe it for a second uh i think this is a similar uh phenomena as we're seeing with Yuri Tielmans and his links to Liverpool, where it's really just a bargaining strategy for a contract for Henderson. Uh, there's reports from the inside saying that Henderson 
uh, was not happy with FF, FSG's uh, original offer. Uh, it took a, I think it was about a 30% pay cut is what was offered. Uh, so it's more of a bargaining strategy, all these reports you see. Uh, Saul would be good for the midfield, but what Liverpool need right now is, a, is some help for the front three. They really need a, a strong winger or even a striker, which what we saw with Roberto Firmino's poor form. And, uh, and so Liverpool, that's the target that Liverpool yeah. run a, a, a they, they they typically run a four three three with a a holding yeah. midfielder, which you know Fabinho could be considered one of the best in the world in that position. Absolutely, uh, barring N'Golo Kante, um, no. it's everybody's favorite. Um, so you know, with those front two midfielders, you, you need someone who who is not exactly attack oriented, but can offer on both ends. So I think, uh, you know, a number 10 or a center attacking mid uh, is not exactly on the radar for y'all, but yeah. someone who can also cover defensively as well. A box-to-box box midfielder, I guess. Um, you know, and that's something that Jordan Henderson has taken for a box. He's taken that box for, you know, however many years he's been there. It feels like ages. And his contract Yeah, 2014. So, yes. I, you know, you see links of him going to Arsenal, which I don't believe for a second. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he's got that elite mentality and, and captain's instinct and, and role in that in that team where, you know, I, I don't even know. I think he's like late 20s, early 30s. Is that right? Yeah, he's 31. He's 31. So he's, he's at the, the tail end of his career or prime mm-hmm. of his career. So he's, you know, that's someone where you maybe just match his salary, his current salary now, just for mm-hmm. his locker room presence alone. That's and the issue is that's, that's invaluable to a squad. Absolutely, and he, and based on his recent improvement, we're talking from whence he was probably twenty nine until now. hundred percent. He has made great strides, yep. and that's why he feels that he should have a better deal. And uh, FSG's playing this money ball approach where they don't agree. So we might actually see him leave. Uh, you can look at the same thing that happened with Steven Gerrard. Our whole yep. fan base thought, no way. No way these rumors are true that he's going to leave. And next thing we know, he's signing for LA Galaxy. So It's the strangest just thing, some, isn't it? Absolutely. There's, going on. there's, there's serious moves going on. Like, I don't know. I've... I feel like I've noticed like Sanchez move, like Ferran, like a lot of people, a lot of things, a lot of transfer news going on. But like, who do you think has had like the best transfer window so far? And like, we'll probably, like, I feel like I've seen Man U being talked about. I've seen like oh, a lot of no. different. Not if, Man U? If, if, no, I mean, me and Colin would both agree here. Go ahead. Go ahead, Colin. I, 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 we definitely both agree. No debate here. I, <laughs> well, you know, this is, this might be our first bit of controversy on the show. Um, really? If Man United sign Varane, I, they uh, hands down they have the best window so far. Sure. I, I think Jaden Sancho, you know, made Holland who he is, along with you know the other, uh, Borussia Dortmund players, but D- Jaden Sancho is one of the most creative and and prolific wingers I've seen in a long time, and yes, he plays in the Bundesliga, but. He played at Man City for, you know, his his entire youth academy. He did. And 
he didn't I don't know if he made a uh, senior appearance for them, but I he's got that style of play where he's pacey enough and he he's creative enough to, you know, he's he's a lot better than Dan James. Give it, you know, absolutely a few weeks for him to adjust. But I I think Jaden Sancho is really going to unleash the Martial and and a lot of people think Martial is overrated, and I agree, but. Me too. You have you have a veteran striker like Edison Cavani, and you know someone behind him like Bruno Fernandez and Pogba. You know who are all creative players, and that creativity. There's a cap to creativity in every team, and you know you may not see the twenty twenty something assists that Jane Sancho gets in Germany with uh, mm-hmm. Borussia Dortmund, but he's gonna he's gonna get the best out of out of their attacking front three and their midfield. He's gonna make. He's gonna make them look so much better, and if they get Varane, they, it, it just it's icing on the cake for them because they yeah. have they have Maguire playing at center back, and they've always been looking for you know someone who's not gonna make that just stupid mistake. And to be fair to him, Lindelof has 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 improved a great deal since they signed him, but Varane Varane is one of the world's best center backs, and he's still young. He's 27, yeah. 26, 27. A FIFA favorite. And oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> he's got pace. He he's he's just incredible. He, he the long-standing partner of Sergio Ramos who's now departed mm-hmm. to PSG. But Veron is is going to command a hefty price tag, but in my opinion, he he's the center back to sign if you had an had an opportunity to. Yeah, besides Kanate, I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this you're right. We are going to disagree here. I thought the hands-down favorite was the uh, was the goalie that stopped Jaden Sancho uh, from bringing it home. And he brought it Rome. Boy, did he. And I'm talking about Donnarumma, another PSG, FM FIFA yes. favorite. Yeah, Donnarumma for free on a financial PSG. On a financial aspect, I think PSG win hands down. Besides the eighty-two million they paid for Akraf Akimi, but yeah, that, that might have been a little inflated. Yes, uh, if it, but, it may have been an overpayment, but you you pay nowadays for youth and age. Yeah, and absolutely, that's probably what factored into it. And in a player who who primarily plays right mid, who will probably play right back for PSG because that's mm-hmm. the most obvious and glaring hole in that defense. Absolutely. Um, but on financial aspect, PSG win this window ten out of ten, ten times out of ten, and, and I would know. argue, from a quality standpoint, even I mean I think Donnarumma is probably you know we're, oh, we're fresh a, off that Euros high. He's a but, perennial talent. I mean you you put him up there with with you know Buffon. You put him up there with talents like Mbappe and Holland, and, oh, and yeah. you know you know we're seeing more of Federico Chiesa you know out of uh, Italy. Yeah, the Euros, especially. Uh, I don't. I don't think people really understood how good he was until the Euros happened, and absolutely, he showed just that. And of course, he signs for Juventus, and uh, mm-hmm. just as every good Italian does, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, except for Donnarumma. Right. So, so Donnarumma leaves uh, on a free, which would they also got make Milan uh, very angry, and Milan fans very angry because. He he played for them since he was sixteen. In my opinion, he's worth about ninety mil, if he's, not more. He's worth a lot of money, and he's going to be a good 
goalkeeper till he's 40. I mean, yeah, we're talking, absolutely. he has almost 20 years ahead of him of being at the very top, maybe besides, you know, your Jan Oblaks and, and Allison's, and he, he's up there with the very best, and I think going to a team like PSG will, will do just that, and I think that's what his, his agent had in mind. So, yeah, I, I think... I, I, I feel like I really saw Don like with the UEFA and like all these tournaments going on. Mm-hmm. I think I I was able to see a lot more players come alive with that. I think it'll be pretty cool. Like, and I think it makes well, some. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to stick on this PH, PSG train here. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got um, player that I don't rate too highly, but a lot of Liverpool fans do. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but they uh, they completely hijacked. Uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum's move to Barcelona. They also got uh, Sergio Ramos, who I also don't like, but, you know, I, I will admit that he is a quality center back. Uh, world class. You're just yeah, angry about his, uh, his injury. Yeah, me and the whole injury. nation of Egypt. Let Two, me tell you. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Two years ago. It's just right amazing. And, they, and they're all free. And we know that PSG have the money. I mean, if they wanted them, uh, they could spend 40 mil on all their players. So that really helps them with financial fair play, which, you know, I think that's a myth, and a lot of fans do. But, uh, but yeah, PSG have just dominated the window. And even though they, uh, they did not win uh, the Uber Eats League, yes. as they call it. Yes. Uh, I mean, they, they are set up for dominance for just years to come. Big up the boys from Lille. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're all happy about that. Um, Seeing PSG's dominance finally end and will probably resume this year. But In years to come. Yeah, I mean, they just got such a talented group. So that's why I think they won the transfer window, Uh, especially getting a lot of those players for free. I mean, getting capped internationally, just every single every single start, every single cap that's available, they're getting. Uh, so yeah. And another is there like they, any like more dom like quote unquote dominoes are waiting to fall, or is there like are we kind of towards the tail end of it right now? That's a great question. So I mean, you you got to look at Real Madrid is something I would put a spotlight on. So uh, according to reports, we have it's not official, but Varane is inching closer to a move to Man U. So you've got uh, Real Madrid losing their top two center backs. So that will definitely start a domino effect uh, in the transfer window. They're going to spend, you know, I mean, a lot of them say, a lot of people are reporting that they are broke, but they're going to get their center backs, which will start a domino in the center back uh, field. Uh, You also got to look at Liverpool, too. Just brought in um, Konate, uh, very highly rated. Very um, got an injury pass. Very nice Frenchman from RB Leipzig. Um, yes, which I feel Fast, bad for. Who, strong. Who also lost Upamecano to Bayern Munich yeah. earlier in the season. Um, so you've got a lot of center back holes in the in the transfer market. Which you know, center backs aren't the flashiest of players. Not going to make headlines all the time. But I think that's something to look for, Ryan, as far as you talking about domino effects. I think center back is definitely going to be a domino effect across world football. And you've already seen 
Real Madrid replace, you know, Sergio Ramos with David Alaba, which is yeah. one of the first deals to go through of the transfer window on a free. Feels um, like last year. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they still need help. David Alaba is a very attack-minded fullback who could play center back. So they they typically really don't have, have one of those uh, stout defenders on their roster right now, besides Eder Militao, who, you know, also plays fullback. Yeah, and he he also is a F or a uh, FIFA favorite because of his pace in the game. Yep, he's, he's uh, abused in the game. So they might use that partnership. They might uh, expecting could, a few dominoes to fall. Probably, it could set up for a very interesting Real Madrid team uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, Absolutely, and as you say, they're they're very broke, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. which seems to be most of the Spanish clubs for some reason. Uh, yeah. Barcelona being massively in debt, especially oh, after yeah. this new Lionel Messi contract. Still um, waiting for my Coutinho money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they right. still owe us for Coutinho. He's rumored to be on the move too, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Nothing on that as of yet, but mm-hmm. I, I think we should, should move uh, – We'll change gears here. Yeah, we can change gears onto you know. Let, let's look into. I want to get Ryan's take on you know his overperformers or underperformers of the Premier League season. We could go on about transfers all day, but I think uh, yeah. yeah, we may we may go back to that at, at the end of the show. But mm-hmm. I I would love to hear Ryan's you know perspective on the season. You know Chelsea finishing fourth place and you know ensuring. That the Champions League winners get Champions League football next year, barring the yeah. yes, barring, <laughs> barring any kind of uh, Premier League finish that they got this year. Um, I, I just want to hear on behind Liverpool. Fourth. By the yeah. way, I want to hear his take on you know his his underperformers and his overperformers for this season. I think I'm I'm stoked. It has been a fun season. I think it didn't start off super well. I like most of our seasons, right? But. I think it's been really interesting to see, like, we bring in, we we lose Lampard, which you guys told me he's he's not the real deal. No. I guess he proved not to be right. They bring yeah. in that, they bring in Tuchel or whatever, um, and he's able to bring in a defense. Like, I feel like we're able to finally stop teams. And Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it was a defensive scheme, right? But I think, yeah. I think you're able to see Giroud step up. You're able to see some guys. I'm going to miss Giroud. Mixed opinions amongst the group, yeah. but I enjoy Giroud. Giroud has just um, left for for Milan on a, yep, on a with one, Tamori. one million pound deal in the last few days. Outrageous! I think I think you know I think there's potential with the team. I think it's a young team. I think uh, Mason Mount, one of the few people I like, one of the people like I was really impressed with his performance this season. I think the defense changing. It's like. Being able to change and develop throughout a season, that's what you want out of a team. And I think that we're developing to, um, we definitely have potential. I think we're trending the right way. And I think you can kind of see that with um, the success we've been able to have. So I'm excited. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think people looked at the the Tiago Silva signing as a, a big question mark before the season started. And he really didn't hit his stride until Tuchel came in. You Absolutely. Know, you, you sign a player from... from who played for AC Milan and PSG for 90% of his career 
and he comes to the Premier League in his late 30s, and, and he's just a dud at first. Uh, and Lampard really wasn't ready for someone of that caliber or experience. And Tuchel comes in and, you know, effectively transforms him into one of the Premier League's best center backs and hits his, his, his form of his prime, you know, that he had for PSG. And so I think that that transformation of Thiago Silva, you know, reclaiming his form really was the big difference between Tuchel and Lampard. As far as uh, overperformers and underperformers are considered, uh, Ryan, I'm sure you would agree. I, uh, as far as overperformers, over yeah, I, I got three in mind. I've got Leeds coming in from from the championship, getting a top-high finish with uh, Bielsa, who is widely regarded as one of the best coaches in football. Well, he's retired now. Really? I've, I've, yeah, I, I don't know if it's official or not. I can, I can fact check that real quick. But I've, I've seen reports that he's retiring for this upcoming wow. season. Wow, I, I had no idea. That could be huge. He's one of those, uh, one of those great Jurgen Klopp type, uh, type coaches. Where you know you saw that great four-three game uh, to start the season with Liverpool and Leeds. He plays that gangan press, just super fun football. It, it would be a real loss to see him go. You also have, um, of course, West Ham, who were in the top four for the whole the whole season, making some big moves, finally hitting their stride. Uh, and my third would actually be Brighton, even though they finished sixteenth. I would have them as an overperformer. They got some huge wins against Liverpool at Anfield. You know, a fansless Anfield. Let's make sure that's clear. And <laughs> some big wins against Tottenham. I mean, very. I would argue that they're overperforming. Right. Probably going into the season, yeah, you'd probably expect them to be bottom half relegated. So, yeah, I think I, uh, I agree with that. You get, yeah. Right. As far as underperformers, yeah, uh, we we gotta go. You know, we gotta go Tottenham. Uh, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I'll mad. even go Leicester City. For their finish, you know they were riding second and third for most of the season. They were second for longer than they were in, you know, third, fourth, and then eventually in, in fifth. You know, they were in a Champions League spot longer than they they were in fifth. They it was took until the final day to for them to you know eventually drop into that Europa League spot. Wow, yeah, I think yeah, I think kind of like. Um, I think it's interesting to kind of look back. It's definitely interesting. Like, you'll always have teams that surprise, but it may go year to year. Um, I have one of them, for example, like, I think Sheffield um, definitely jumped and then has kind of taken a fall and kind of taken a decline there. But yeah. I think I'm excited. Um, who's coming up for relegation here? Uh, yeah. Norwich, uh, Brentford, and, and I can't remember the last the other team, but... Norwich won the league, and Brentford won the promotion playoffs, and I can't remember for the life of me who came in second. Let me look that up. I can't believe, you got I can't believe Liverpool almost lost to West. Um, close one.
thing. Anyways, I think um, I think one of the ways to kind of like wrap it up, um, per se, is I think we can try. I was thinking of making predictions, um, like try and predict a signing going into it, and then we can kind of follow up and see how that goes. But it's Watford. Watford's be. also coming up. Oh yeah, Watford. Yeah. They they've got our man uh, who we wanted to go after last year was Troy Deeney. Well, not even Troy Deeney. I was talking about Ismaili Asar, who yeah. still hasn't made a move away. Young I mean, man such a hot young potential. African prospect. Yep. So I'm excited to see what Watford have. You know, they infamously ended Liverpool's streak of uh, 19 games won in a row yep. last year uh, with a stunning victory. It wouldn't be. So I'm, I'm excited a, for Watford. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a Premier League season without Watford sacking their manager at Christmas. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But going back to the the you know underperformers and overperformers, obviously Sheffield United had a historically bad season. Terrible, um, sadly. But I I think you know apart from the big. The, t- the bottom three teams who got relegated, there was an 11-point gap between 18th place and 17th place. So those three deserve to be in their own class by themselves apart from the mid-table teams, you know, an underperforming team. Tottenham and Arsenal, both underwhelmingly bad this year. But my big underperformer and a team who really has taken a step back the last couple of years is Wolves. Who finished thirteenth yeah. after becoming almost well? They finished in Europa League spots um, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Seemingly just just taking steps back every single year. And you know, if we're gonna dissect that, I, I think part of that would be due to uh, inconsistent while there, consistent for Liverpool, Diogo Jota's transfer, uh, as well as Jimenez being out with a skull fracture. For a good majority of the season. I think that happened against your Arsenal boys, did it not? Yes, he, he fractured his skull and was is just now back into full training this week um, for Wolves. And, you know, his absence, you know, you saw him. He, he was their talisman. He he was their whole offense. And he brought the best out of Adama Traore, Diego Jota, uh, Daniel Podence, you know. All their their tricky wingers really thrived with with a target man finisher like absolutely uh, Raúl Jiménez, and you know without him they they really slipped. So I I expect them to to bounce back next year with a fully fit and healthy Raúl Jiménez. Um, and you know what's sad though is they're losing their man, um, one of my favorite coaches in the Premier League, uh, Espirito Santos. Espirito Santos going to Tottenham. Yes, that is a, you know, the the Tottenham coaching carousel has finally arrived at Nuno Espirito yeah. Santos. And I bet I, you've loved that, I, keeping up with all the prospects know, they've missed on. Yes, they they have really reached out to some top-name teams or coaches and have landed on Nuno, which is a top coach in my regard. Um, but I'm just glad that they didn't get their top targets. Um, so, yeah. Tottenham are a little bit quiet in the market right now, but that may just be down to the new coach, the new director, everything like that. 
Um, you know, they don't spend much traditionally either. They really don't. They they typically do not spend much. I mean, some of their most valuable players to ever come through the you know the ranks of Tottenham have have come from their youth academy and and Gareth yeah. Bale and and Harry Kane, who's also rumored to be leaving uh, this summer. Um, but they, Man, they really. I I've heard reports of him going to Man City because he wants to stay in the Premier League, which would effectively end the title race today if he signs for them. <laughs> yeah, you know they're also being linked with uh, Jack Grealish. So if if both of those go through, then it'll be a sad day for the competition at the I, top. I've seen two sides to that story. Yeah, Jack Grealish is supposed to sign a new contract with Aston Villa, which means he will spend his prime years at Aston Villa. And then other reports where he made a uh, move to Man City for a hundred million pounds. So not a light figure in any, any regards to, you know, his value is uh, a world-class player on a um, arguably Europa league team. Um, so it's all up to Jack. I mean, he, he deserves a move if he wanted it. It's it's just up to his preferences. Absolutely. But I think we can um, all agree, you know, the overwhelming overperformer of the season, which I'm very surprised none of you mentioned, is West Ham. Finishing sixth. Oh, I did. Oh, he I did? Him. oh that's my yeah. fault. West Ham no finished problem. sixth, and they, they get... Europa League for the next year for the first time in who knows how long the London Stadium will have European football next season all thanks to a certain man named Jesse Lingard it, and it's, it's truly amazing it's truly amazing I mean we all saw that loan mill uh, that loan move and we scoffed at it at least I did um, man who's been really out of favor at Man U just finding his form uh, kind of like uh, Joe Willick at Newcastle. It's just amazing what these loan moves can can do for a team. Uh, yeah. and I, I'm I'm kind of excited for West Ham. You know, they've always had those high profile players, but they've just never gelled. They do have money. I'm not sure where they get it from, but they do have money. Probably crack. Yeah, what? Maybe. <laughs> but with Jesse Lingard going back to Man U and and. Him not going back to West Ham. Ham. <clears throat> I think you'll see. I think you'll see West Ham make a big splash in the last few days of this uh, transfer market because someone who had the impact of Jesse Lingard needs to be replaced. If you wanted, you know, get back to where you finished last season. So, yeah. Um. So. Overall, on that great note, season from West Ham. Absolutely. So on that note, looking forward to next season uh, before we end, end our time here. Uh, I'm interested from both Ryan and Colin. Uh, what do you think your uh, teams to watch for as far as the uh, the title race, maybe some overperformers? Uh, why don't you give us some of those? Maybe who could make a challenge for the title besides Man City? And uh, who might overperform next season? Ryan, you want to go ahead? I think, I think, I think we have a chance. I think Chelsea has a chance. Maybe it's just me, but I think we've we started to hit our stride. It depends. I think we're still waiting on things. I think 
I don't know. I think we'll see how window ends, but I'm excited for Chelsea. I'm excited for what they can do, but I don't know why. I think I think I don't know. You think Everton kind of had a good start to the season? I think they could also like. I think they can bring it back. <laughs> you don't think Everton? You're so funny. They've got Red <laughs> and Rafa Benitez as their manager. They are finishing tenth again, and we all know it. If not lower, uh, but you know, maybe we can play this back in the year, and I'll look like a dummy. Rafa Benitez, I, I just Rafa Benitez is a Premier League proven manager, so you can't absolutely you can't fall and, uh, for for believing in that aspect. But Everton, I don't know; they just don't have that it factor or those it don't. factor players. Um, I mean, they've got got great players: Dominic Calvert Lewin. And and you know, decent, yeah. They they've got good players, especially Jordan Pickford. You know, he nope. starts for the Euros, the the England national team. They've got quality players. They just don't have star players per se. Um, and you know, you've seen them over the last ten years just float in the twelfth to to eighth range for so long. Mm. And I think you you've you really just have to just. This is where money just kind of wins wins games, um, yeah. sadly to say. But you really just need them to, to get a few star players for them to really push up the table. So how about you, Colin? Uh, you have a uh, overperformer that you want to keep in mind or maybe a uh, uh, one of those top four teams that might challenge Man City? What are you thinking? Well, I think I could agree with Ryan in the fact that Chelsea are set up for the future. So I think the Chelsea you saw last season were raw and maybe inefficient at times, but defensively stable. So I think you're going to see, you know, these young guys like Timo Werner, uh, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, they're all going to just get better each year, every single year. And I think... You know, Chelsea, I've seen rumors of them going after Erling Holland, which I don't believe for a second because oh, yeah. he, you know, one of Ryan's favorite players, Erling Holland. His favorite player. His favorite player. The, the player. The, the player, player for Ryan. I, I really think if they were to sign Holland today, it would be a figure of probably $150 million, which would be yeah. ridiculous. Uh for signing a player for that much money, but he's probably, he's probably worth it. Um, but it Chelsea without Holland probably finished third for me. Um, Interesting. With with the ups and downs of the year, I think uh, Thiago Silva's only getting older. Um, Andreas Christensen showed his class at the Euros with Denmark. I think he's going to be a very good partnership to. Uh, Tiago Silva if Rudiger is not able to stay healthy um, those fullbacks are only getting better each each year Ben Chilwell made a, a 50 million pound move from Leicester City um, some argue that was too much um, mm. but he ended up making the England squad but never featured in the Euros um, Rich James is one of the Premier League's best right backs in my opinion Um <laughs> This this upcoming year, he's amazing. He's going to be very good. He he's a, an attacking fullback that can 
is is very solid defensively. Um, he's got a he's got a good cross in him. That's all I'm going to say. So um, but, I want to challenge you, Colin. Here, uh, so you said Chelsea finished third. I'm curious. I know this may be a little off script. Uh, I'm curious if you could give me a a top six prediction. If this is the time and place for it, sure. I mean, what better time to you know do this than our first podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, with the season upcoming and with the transfer window uh, a couple weeks away from finishing, um, I think we're we haven't seen all the major signings, but we've seen a lot of them, and I think we can make that kind of prediction now. Um, I, I see. I see Man U taking the title. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Barring they signed Rafael Varane. So put a big wow. asterisk over that prediction and put Man U up top, that? Man City in second, um, Chelsea in third, Liverpool fourth. And I a little shit. I, yes, I know that will anger you, but <laughs> Liverpool getting back Virgil van Dijk is a blessing. And probably just as good as a signing um, Absolutely. for y'all. But I think without that attacking addition or without a, you know, another midfield injection, I I just see y'all playing a lot of defensive football. And that just, you know, defense wins championships. That's the saying in America. But yeah, I, you know... I'm gonna say this now, and 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 I'm gonna, probably gonna regret it later. But well, you will. <laughs> you will. Don't I I don't think Liverpool's team is is built to depend on that back four. And I know you feel the exact opposite way. But Absolutely. They're starting to fall. I think the super team starting to it's, fall. It's very. I mean, we saw one of the most dominant teams in Premier League history when Liverpool. Uh, won the Premier League with only one loss. One of the most yeah. dominant teams. But that's when you have Mo Salah firing on all cylinders, which he isn't always. Which he was last year. Oh, no, no, 100%. I agree with you. But Roberto Firmino also firing on all cylinders, which I he wasn't agree with last that. year. Absolutely. Sadio Mane firing on all cylinders, which he wasn't last year. For, for stretches, yeah. Yes. So I, I think these these poor runs of form and i mean i could be totally wrong but you are these 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 poor runs of forms worry me and and the midfield you know was obviously injury stricken last year and mm-hmm. it, it's it's a very i mean i would almost put liverpool in an overperformer category for how many injuries they had last year and the finish Absolutely. they got so yes this defense is is one of the best in the league but when when they're playing on the back foot against the teams, you know, Man City, Man United, <coughs> Chelsea, you know, I I can't see unless they add some kind of addition up top, I can't see them cracking into the top three. Um How about your five and six? Yeah, so I I think Leicester City are really I mean, if I had to pick a second favorite team, it'd be Leicester Leicester City, so I mean the team, they've got a revelation under Brendan Rodgers, who has come back from uh, Scotland and really just, just 
taking that team by the scruff of the neck, and they they look good. Barring their their late season collapse, they were destined for Champions League football again when they won the title in 2015-2016. Um, so this this team looks very good, and I'm a big fan of their defense. Uh, they've got a young guy, Wesley Fofana, out of um, St. Etienne from France last year, and he was one of the best young players of the season last year, but nobody talked about him because he's he plays center back. Um, they, they've got Jamie Great Barty, young prospect. who Absolutely. is aging, but he's still very, very good. Um, they've got Kalechi Iannaccio, who, who arguably is their backup striker, but mm-hmm. last season alone has justified his, his price tag from Man City. Um, you know, I, I think they look very, very good. Yuri Tillemans is, is blossoming into a wonderful Premier League player. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Evans, ex menu player. Um, I mean, he he's a, he's an old but gold. So he he's really turned his career around at Leicester City and and played so well. Um, I, I'm a big fan of their their signings. Um, they haven't made any signings this this season besides um, Somare from Lille, who was their midfield general uh, in their title winning ch- uh, campaign. Um, so we'll see how they do this season, but I predict them to be fifth. Unadmittingly, I want them to finish uh, Champions League football, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Yeah. Um, I think they still need to, you know, buy some more players, and we'll see how that goes. But I think West Ham is going to be see our our biggest drop off this year because of their mm-hmm. inactivity in the market. I mean, how do you follow that season up? <clears throat> right. So they will get money from the Europa League, but I I think West Ham finished outside the top six this year, and I I bet you most people would agree. Um, and I have Arsenal finishing sixth, which wow may be an overperformer for me because they're making signings, young signings, mm-hmm. uh, young signings. You've got a left back out of Benfica. Or sporting, I can't remember which one, but Nuno Tavares, um, FM legend, supposed to be a backup left back to Kieran Tierney, and then um, we got Albert Lokongi, uh, another Anderlecht wonder kid who's just moved to Arsenal for roughly twenty million pounds, who has been their midfield general, you know, at twenty-one years of age for two, three years now, so. We'll see how he gets on. Hopefully, he does well. Um, there are quite a few deals that are close to happening, but um, not happened yet, and we'll save that for another time. But I have Arsenal, you know, given, barring Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Lacazette playing like they did in 2019, I, I really do have them finishing ninth or sixth, so... We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think Tottenham will finish twentieth. No, <laughs> I think uh, I think Tottenham <laughs> will finish. I, I have Tottenham finishing eighth actually, and Aston Villa finishing seventh. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Ryan, how about you? What you get? You, what you got for a top six? And I'll go last. And I uh, think I think it's a, I think we could we could see how it goes. Like kind of change throughout this the off season, but. 
first gut reaction going into it. We've talked a lot about the season going, looking back, and I think um, if I had to make my top six today... How about you start from six? Six? Yeah, give, give us some suspense here. Give me, give me luster. I don't think... Okay. I think they're aging. I think it's... I don't know if Vardy can keep being the best goal scorer. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go five. Give me Tottenham. I think Tottenham jumps. I think they're due. Maybe I think I think they've they've had a rough last season. There's a lot of distractions. I think I think this year they focus in. They do well. Four. Here comes the spin. I I got Man U at four. Wow. Four. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it as well. I just think the top three are going to be really good. I think I think I got I got um, Chelsea three. But unless we get Holland. I think we're going to improve, but I don't. Know if we, I think we can. We'll be in contention more. I think it'll be more of a closer race than it was last year. I have Liverpool two, and Man City. I think. Uh, I think it's a solid list. I think um, Tottenham finished way lower. If Harry Kane, of leaves. course you do. <laughs> no, no, I think if, if Harry Kane leaves, right? Yeah, that's barring. There's a lot. Of- a There's a lot of asterisks. A lot of, a lot of moving pieces so, for sure. If Man City signed Grealish and Harry Kane, they're straight to the top for me. Um, I think it's a Manchester race this year. Um, but you know, we'll see. If if Chelsea get Holland, I mean the Premier League is turning into a powerhouse of a league. So Absolutely. Yeah, uh, no. You want to go ahead with yours? Yeah. Yeah, and mine might be a little unconventional here, but I'll explain briefly as we go. So a six, I got Tottenham. I think uh, yes, uh, Santos is going to do wonders for him. That all-important uh, asterisk. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go on record here. I'm going to say Harry Kane doesn't matter here. What? Yeah. So I'm Harry, say, Harry Kane leaves, right? I'm going to say if Harry Kane leaves... I'm expecting them to get Edward from Celtic, young French striker. Yep, yep. Uh, and I see them spending that money wisely, as they always do. And I think they will reinforce themselves. I think six is doing them an injustice, personally. I could see them challenging for top four most of the year. Uh, I, I really like their team. I think especially they got the right coach now. Um, yeah, I think six, I'm maybe underdoing it. I'll have them at six. At fifth, it's a tough choice here. Sorry, I might be biased, and I'll give you a little bit more time to think about you know fifth and fourth and so on. What aspects of this Tottenham team are you a big fan of? And I'm not saying that because I disagree with you. I'm just asking yeah. out of curiosity. So I think they have a good style of play. I think they also did sure. very well without Harry Kane for most of last year. Uh, okay. I'm not, I mean, right after Christmas, after Boxing Day, as they say, it was Tottenham and Liverpool at the top two with many points yep. uh, I, between I would, them. and. I would agree with that, except for their, their form fallout after Christmas. Um, Absolutely, and I think a lot of that's got to do with Mourinho. I think yes, uh, he's a yes. polarizing player or a pol- polarizing manager in the dressing room. Yeah, he's, and, a, he's a defensive guy. And, yeah. you know, you see that with, with Burnley and Sean Dyke, 
and you know they finish 17th almost every year so we'll see i mean he's got a, a good group of players a better group of players around him than sean dyke does but you, you see the importance of harry kane to that tottenham team when they had carlos vinicius play striker for them yeah and the guy could not finish his dinner even if he was on his <laughs> deathbed i mean yeah the guy was not good he, he's he's too young he's not clinical enough and that really showed with you know harry kane style of play which you saw in the euros as well is is he effectively played as a false nine for england and and let those wingers really do most you know most of the running and overlapping runs and that that kind of of striker and will walk into any team in the world so absolutely i I think that that absence of of harry kane is is really going to be the the story of of tottenham season next year and you know we're talking about this, but if he does he, leave, he hasn't even. Yeah, I was about to say he, yeah. he hasn't even moved yet. So, uh, I think I think after he comes back from vacation, um, after the Euros, um, we'll mm. we'll really see something to start moving and see if he he's can be convinced or persuaded to stay, or if he's his heart is set on you know another Premier League club. I, I. I Halloween, the the aspect of Youngbin Sun, uh, the South Korean legend. Uh, I, I think he, when he's in his stride, he's one of the best wingers and most underrated wingers in all of uh, Premier sure. League football. Sure. And um, he kind of stepped up a little too. bit. Yeah, he stepped up a little bit when uh, Harry Kane was out. Uh, I just think that duo together is unstoppable, giving Liverpool some of the hardest games they've ever had. Uh, but yeah, I just I trust Dan Levy, I really do. Uh, so with that Harry Kane money, just like they did with Gareth Bale when they sold Gareth Bale for a lot, they they spent that money wisely, and I see them doing that again if Harry Kane leaves. Uh, so that's why I have them at six. I think they're I'm I still think I'm doing them an injustice. You know, they could get relegated like our last season in uh, Football Manager. That we all play together, they <laughs> might get relegated. Who knows? But oh, no, I have them at six. Right there. And Colin will make you happy here. I'm going to make you real happy. I know what you're about. I got to say. Arsenal at fifth. Wow. I've got Arsenal at fifth. I I really think that uh, that they're coming up. I really like Mikel Arteta, not just for his looks. You know, he is sexy, sexy man. He is sexy. But I really think that uh, I really think that the fans mean a lot just for all of these teams. And I think that every single player in that team is going to be a little extra hungry. And I also believe that with the lack of European football, that they'll be even well re- more well-rested and fresh for these Premier League games. That's and a, I see them making a huge push for top four. That's a very good point. I, I, you know, I'd forgotten to take that into account, is that we won't be playing on Wednesday or Thursday nights anymore. Exactly. Um, so... You know, these games in the Premier League just mean more. I mean, it's 38-game tournament, really. So, mm-hmm. And we'll see. If, if you told me right now we would uh, finish fifth, I would, you know, take that and run with it and never look back. So <laughs> and, it's just And, you know, I back. think that's – I think they could also, just like Tottenham, I see them. I would not be surprised if they're top four. I will not be surprised. I think they are a – quality team when they're on in all strides and uh i'm excited for you this season 
And yeah, so that's why I have them at fifth, at fourth coming in. <sighs> at fourth coming in. I'm going to get blasted for this. Oh boy. I've got Chelsea. Wow. I've got Chelsea at fourth. The Champions League winners. Yeah. Not able to figure I, it out. Are trimming the right way. What, what causes us to drop? So, what I think causes the drop is they're very defensive minded, right? So, what I see with this Thomas Tuchel team, even though they have been able to find clinical uh, situations and, and grabbed a lot of 1 0 victories, I see them dropping points to some of these lower league or these lower table teams uh, because they're so defensively minded. I see them dropping points to Aston Villa. To the even Burnley, uh, Brighton, those kind of teams, I see them dropping points to. Can't out defend a, a park the bus kind of team. Um, and I, I just, I've never really believed in Chelsea. Uh, only finished, you know, they lost the final. They barely finished top four. Um, it, was, it was a tough go. Now, if go. they get, and I'll tell you this, I think Werner. I really don't see him coming around. He has missed so many howlers throughout the whole season. Uh, bagged 10-plus goals, mind you. But I, I, I think he's in a really bad mental state. He did it in the Euros, too. I just I don't see Werner being, um, being what Chelsea need. So I think a lot of this is... I'll put an asterisk on Chelsea, though. If they get Holland, I see them moving up to second or third. But maybe in first. But I just, I, I just don't see it. I, I do not believe in Chelsea this year. I think there's some gaps there. I think uh, a lot of their good players are getting older. I think Conte might be running out of a little steam here. Doesn't and seem like it. He seems to be doing it. It doesn't well, seem like else. it. But I, I'm predicting that Conte is going to have somewhat that of an underwhelming. Yeah, I think he's going to have an underwhelming season. He's due for a um, an injury as well. That might sound very morbid, but. Um. Yeah, I, I think as he gets older, he's going to drop off here. And I, I just I don't believe in him. I really don't. I think Pulisic is going to, I mean, Tuchel and Lampard haven't really, you know, they're kind of disagreeing with what his role should be. I think he's going to be underused. And uh, I see a lot of their old, their aging players like Aspilicueta, like uh, Alonzo even. Even though it doesn't play that much, uh, I think the youth are going to have to step up, and I don't see it happening. I don't see Tammy Abraham coming in and making a big impact. I don't see Reese James having a big season. Now, y'all will laugh at me at the end of the season, but <laughs> maybe. Well, I just don't it. see it. I will say, I think Chelsea have one of the best youth academies in the league. Oh, absolutely. So if there was a team to rely on youth, it would be Chelsea. It they would could be. do it. They could. Uh, I just but, think that youth in England has got extra pressure on them. Sure, so I, I don't. Sure. You got Hudson Adoy, Tamori, etc. And I think I, I just I think both yeah. both coaches Tuchel and and Lampard really have failed to get the best out of their their attack. Really, and mm -hmm. the biggest difference between Tuchel and and Lampard have been the defensive uh, improvements. Absolutely. Um, so. You know, I think the biggest question or watching point for Tuchel and Chelsea this season is can he get that team firing offensively? 
and if he can, I I mean watch out. It's gonna be it's gonna be ugly for the rest. Of and the I game. mean defensively too. Uh, you got Tiago Silva who had a great uh, back back end of the season there. Yep. I mean he is what thirty six. Uh, he might be. I think he's thirty six. Yeah, he is. The Premier League Premier League season does a lot on the body. Yeah. Uh, I don't see him doing as good this year. I, I I'm expecting Chelsea to be well under the expectations. I haven't looked at much of the other media, but I can sure. predict that they think Chelsea are going to boom this year. I just do not see it without a Holland. So we'll move on here at third. Mm-hmm. I've got Man U. Wow. I have never believed that uh, Solskjaer is, a, is the coach that's going to take them all away. He's dropped some howlers, uh, made some very bad tactical decisions. Uh, even with the addition of Jaden Sancho, I think that he is going to have a difficult season this year. Of course, he's going to be great down the line, but adjusting from the Bundesliga style of play to the Premier League is, you know, it's a big step. And we saw it with Werner this year. Very rarely have I seen a player come from the Bundesliga and kill it in the Premier League on their first season. So I don't think he's going to be as impactful as people are saying this first year. I also think Edison Cavani is aging. I don't see him playing that big of a role, even though he is very clinical. Uh, I don't rate Martial too highly. I think uh, Greenwood, up and coming, great player. Uh, at the back, if they get Varane, it's game over. But you got Pogba being rumored to move to PSG, which has probably been going on his whole career, being a Frenchman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, you look at uh, Donny van de Beek, and I call him Donny van de Bench. I mean, they spend a lot on this player. Just doesn't come through with it. I don't think Solskjaer is the, cl- is the manager. I, I don't think Solskjaer is the, the manager to bring them to the top. I think he's good. I don't think he's the elite talent they need, and I think they hold on to him too long. And I think we're going to see that this season. Uh, I will also predict as a bonus here that he's going to be sacked at the end of the season. We will not see wow. Solskjaer. Somebody clip in that. The, and, uh, yep, clip and, uh, it. <laughs> Solskjaer will be sacked, and we will have a new Man U manager in the 2022-2023 season. Big predictions um, coming on the Squad Car FC podcast. <laughs> so here's my moral dilemma. We've got Liverpool Man City. One and two. I don't know who to pick. I will say this. Liverpool. You know, I'm not going to be biased here, but Nathaniel Phillips, coming up from the U23s, had a stunning season at center back. And guess what? He's our fifth option now with all the players we got coming back. We've got Gomez, Van Dyke, Konate, who's rumored to be Van Dyke's partner. So we got Gomez sitting there in second string, fresh, ready to go. Joe Matip. And then we've got Nathaniel Phillips, who had a great season. So I think you'll see something different from Liverpool this year. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be well-rested. All those players who did get injured, which was basically every single one of them, outside of Salah and, um, and Mane, basically and were injured at some point. I think you're going to see a new fire. Uh, Robertson did play too many games last year. 
I think you might see him regress just a little bit. He might get tired. But as we saw in the Arsenal game, uh, as we saw in the Arsenal game, as soon as Trent Alexander-Arnold was dropped from the England squad, came with a whole new fire we haven't seen all season. Yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold is still, what, 21? Okay. And regarded as in, in the top five right backs. Uh, I think we're going to see him flourish. I think we're going to see the uh, Tiago play really good at the back of the season last year. I think he's going to finally gel in. World-class center mid. We're going to see Tiago. We're going to see uh, Jota play a new role. I think this, this team is hungry. And uh, that disappointment last year is really going to fuel them. Definitely need some more depth. Definitely need to use Shakiri more often. And absolutely need to get rid of Origi. But I think the fans being back at Anfield, for example, you look at the Barcelona at best uh, European night of all time, best Champions League comeback. That doesn't happen without the fans. Right. It doesn't. So I think you're going to see, every, the whole world's going to see the importance of the fans at Anfield. Now, will that be enough to push them over Man City? Will it? I'm not sure. You know, I, I still don't know what I'm going to go with here. I mean, you look at Man City. I think if they get one or both of Harry Kane or Grealish, I think that pushes them over the edge. But without those, I'll predict Liverpool to finish first. With wow. one or two of those Liverpool signings. First. Liverpool yeah. first. Okay. I mean, guys, without this injury crisis, you looked at one of the, yeah. you, you saw the best. And, and mind you, in that 1920 season, fans, Liverpool only dropped off when fans were taken away. Yeah. So it was a weird time. That between I, I think you're going to really see the importance of Anfield. I mean, Colin, you're, you're a former manager of Wenger. Uh, uh, Ryan, you're a former manager of Mourinho everybody's manager. They both said there's nothing like a night at Anfield. Alan Shearer. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, there's there's nothing like a game at Anfield. I mean, you add to the fans back to Anfield and it's 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 like a you know, a marquee sign for player. Them. So, absolutely. Anfield's got so one of I the think, most incredible atmospheres in in all of world football, you know. You got your Absolutely. your Boca Juniors and your your Anfields. Your mm-hmm. your uh New camps, all all of that, you know, it's top tier. So I think having fans so, back in these stadiums is is it will add only good things to Liverpool's upcoming season. Absolutely. So, so we, without yeah, without one of the two or both of Grealish or Harry Kane, I think um, man or I think Liverpool finish first, and if Liv- or if Man City get one of those players or both. I think that's just too much to handle, and I don't think uh, Man City will be stopped. So, Ryan, what did you have um, Chelsea finishing as? So, um, I had Chelsea at three. So we've got some some biased, some not biased, but honest opinions on the show. Hmm. So uh, we have Colin, Man U first, Man City second, Chelsea third. Which I can't believe. Yeah, I Chess, just, I, Liverpool fourth, Leicester City, then Arsenal sixth. I have Man City um, first, Liverpool second, Chelsea third, Man U fourth, 
Tottenham uh, fifth, Leicester City sixth. Alex has Liverpool first, right? Man City <laughs> second, Man U third, Chelsea fourth. Disgusting. Um, Arsenal fifth, Tottenham sixth. And just for reference, I looked up uh, the betting odds. It goes Man City um, for first. They have like a 60% chance as of like last week. Chelsea and Liverpool are tied. And then Man U. Man U is third. And then Tottenham um, comes in after them. And then Leicester, then Arsenal. So we're actually not that far off. I think we're, I think it, I think we're close with odds makers who seem to know what they're talking about. So we'll see how things go. But I think that's all the time we have. I yeah. think um, we we might. I think it's I think it's good. It I think we can. I think we can kind of see where we're going with things. But I think we're excited. I think uh, it's interesting. We'll see how things go. But we're excited. We hope to keep you up as date as much as we can and uh, keep uh, as many opinions as we can, any hot takes as we can. So, um, but yeah, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening in, and uh, see ya. We'll see you next week. See y'all.